0: An article that was published by uh, Dr. Kibian Freshlag in the JAMA that actually looked at 251 surgical journals and found that only 6.7% had female editors. So um, I think the changes that we have made in our uh, editorial system have been transforming, and uh, we are going to see further changes because we are going to create a diversity and uh, equity and inclusion in our system that matters. With over 500,000 patients treated globally, Impact Admiral drug-coated balloon is the market-leading DCB for treatment of femoroprolithial disease. Learn more about how Impact Admiral DCB can affect reintervention rates for patients with PAD by visiting medtronic.com forward slash five-year DCB. You're listening to the Vascular Podcast from Radcliffe Vascular. Today's host is Professor Ramesh Tripathi.
1: With me today is uh, none else than um, Peter Glowitsky. Um, a person who doesn't need a lot of introduction. Um, He is one of my heroes when I was training, mainly because he was a a vascular surgeon who could do anything uh, from aortas to peripheral bypass to venous bypasses to superficial vein surgeries. So he he was one of the all-rounders of uh, vascular surgery, and uh, I tried to model my uh, career and my skills um, on, on his uh, template. Uh, Peter has been the editor-in-chief of Journal of Vascular Surgery, uh, under whom the Vascular Sur- uh, Surgery Journal has taken big strides. And previously, he was the uh, uh, Ruth Roberts and Joe M. Professor of Surgery Emeritus of the Division of Vascular Endovascular Surgery at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, uh, Minnesota. And he was also the uh, Division Chair there and Director of Mayo Clinic Gondovascular Surgeon. And also the past president of the Society for Vascular Surgery, the World Federation of Vascular Societies, American Venus Forum, Society for Clinical Vascular Surgery, International Union of Angiology, and uh, the American Venus uh, Forum Foundation, and many others. And uh, is there anything you didn't do, Peter? Welcome.
0: Good afternoon, and or good morning, wherever. wherever uh our listeners are. It's a a real pleasure, uh, Ramesh, to uh, uh, talk to you about uh, our profession and our lives. And uh, thank you for your gracious introduction. Um, Indeed, uh, my life, as I expect anybody's life, has been uh, uh, very colorful and
1: uh, I enjoyed the journey uh, very much. Peter, uh, good, good afternoon and uh, very warm welcome to uh, this podcast. Um, can you tell us uh, about your formative years in Hungary and uh, how did it shape you and start your journey to Western Europe and then to U.S.? Well, uh, as you mentioned, I came from uh, Central
0: Europe, used to be Eastern Europe, part of the uh, communist bloc, uh, Hungary. Um, my father was a physician, my brother was a physician, my grandfather was a physician. So I'm coming from a physician family and uh, I still remember that when I was only six years old, somebody asked me, what do you want to be? And I told him I would like to be a professor of surgery. And um, uh, somehow uh, this... uh, 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 remained uh, uh, my commitment. Uh, my role model was no one else than my father. I thought he was the, uh, uh, the most compassionate and the most wonderful uh, family practitioner um, that uh, I have ever had, and I'm extremely thankful for uh, everything that he and his mother Uh, and our family of uh, five children uh, meant to me and uh, they inspired me uh, um, at the beginning and throughout my life. I uh, uh, went to a boarding school in Hungary, uh, run by uh, Benedictines. It was, uh, the name is Panond Halema, it's a World Heritage Site. Uh, it is uh, one of the oldest uh, Benedictine Abbey in Europe and I spent four years there and uh, that's where I learned um, languages, that's where I learned uh, um, everything that prepared me for medical school. Medical school I went to uh, the Semmelweis University in uh, Budapest, Hungary. Uh, I was very much uh, interested uh, Uh, of course in surgery in general, but then I uh, worked uh, three years uh, in pathology during my uh, six-year medical curriculum with uh, Professor Anna Kadar, who uh, was um, especially Uh, well-trained and very knowledgeable in vascular diseases and uh, that gave me the first uh, impression and the first um, direction towards vascular, Peter.
1: Uh, if I may, if I may interrupt. Uh, sure. Uh, did, did you um, did you do you see a big difference between the teaching ska- styles and uh, the curriculum between the medical school and semilways and and today? And what do you think uh, is the big difference? And uh, are we going in the right direction?
0: Well, of course, I can uh, really uh, judge the education that we uh, received uh, at Semmelweis in the late 60s and early 70s, which uh, I'm sure is already completely different than what you would uh, get uh, today. Um, But uh, we had fantastic uh, basic science professors. Uh, Our education in anatomy... In pathology, in biochemistry, in, in uh, 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 biology, uh, was very good. Uh, the uh, uh, lectures, the didactic lectures, uh, were very good in internal medicine, uh, I remember uh, very well, or biochemistry. Uh, what was not so good at that time in Hungary is the practical. Uh, experience We were just uh, too many uh, uh, too many uh, students for one faculty in the hospitals and our um, practical experience, at bedside and certainly in the operating room was not as good as what we have.
1: And we ended up, we ended up as more bookish uh, uh, doctors uh, rather than practical doctors. And this is something which I've seen when I graduated in India as well. You have a wealth of knowledge, but uh, the practical application is still yet to be achieved is that what yes. you thought
0: yes i think you are absolutely right you know the the the, uh, the the communist system was not very helpful although it is just very recently that uh, they they changed the um, healthcare system uh, in a way that uh, will certainly allow better education of young surgeons at my time Uh, physicians were paid very poorly so uh, uh, you know the patients actually gave money to the doctors. The older doctors uh, didn't want to uh, train the younger doctors because then uh, they felt uh, disadvantaged financially. So uh, I think the system was not very uh, useful for education of young people. Um, the uh, We got a lot from the German professorial Um, hierarchy um, as well. So um, I think things are changing, improving, but um, uh, I was very thankful in a way that when I came to this country, I repeated quite a bit of my education that made me uh, competent in what I ultimately uh, uh, have accomplished.
1: So, please tell us about your general and vascular surgery trainings in Budapest and then in Western uh, Europe. What was uh, what was different in Europe?
0: Vascular surgery was clearly um, uh, a, a strong specialty that dealt with arteries veins and lymphatics. There was, it was obvious that a vascular surgeon was not just an arterial surgeon. And that's what I learned in my institution as well. You know, my professor, Professor Scholtes, who was the pioneer vascular surgeon in Hungary, who established um, uh, vascular surgery as an independent specialty already in the 1980s. Um, taught me that a vascular surgeon should treat patients with vascular disease and vascular disease includes arteries, veins and lymphatics so that's why We all learned how to repair an aortic aneurysm, how to do a distal bypass, how to treat a patient with a venous ulcer or a venous obstruction. And I myself, because I had an interest, I also learned how to perform a microsurgical lymphovenous anastomosis to treat patients with lymphedema.
1: Excellent. And where did the magic come from?
0: Well, magic came uh, very early. I was uh, 10 years old when I met a magician in um, Hungary, the magician who later became my teacher, uh, who was a a member of the Amateur Magician Association in Hungary, and he was a, a physician. He worked together with my father and he uh, gave us a magic show uh, in one summer at the resort where we, we spent all the summers and I just loved it. So I tried to uh, uh, beg him to show me some tricks and ultimately I, I was very persistent. He decided he's going to teach me and he showed me one trick at the time, like uh, he showed me how to make a coin disappear. And after one week I had to come back and show him uh, what I did. And if he liked it, then he showed me another one. If he didn't like it, then he sent me home. I said, go ahead and practice another week. So uh, I, uh, I actually loved it. And when I was 14 years old, um, I was in a uh, in a uh, TV uh, um, search, like a uh, um, um, uh, you know young talent search in uh, the the uh, team met Tud. and uh, and uh, I was um, uh, I was the winner of that uh, uh, TV competition, so I became uh, quite well known in Hungary. And then um, after that, even though I always wanted to to be a surgeon. I travel quite a bit as a professional magician uh,
1: in the subsequent years and during medical school and uh, I was able
0: to uh, participate at uh, magic competitions and got some prizes. So uh, it's a great hobby and... uh, it's helped me throughout my whole life
1: oh i've I've seen you perform at some of the conferences, and I've been just too impressed i mean you are like a maestro yourself <laughs> uh, do you find yes. similarities between surgery and magic well
0: uh, obviously, as you know the uh,
1: Dexterity certainly
0: uh, is needed for both, Uh, but in addition to the manual dexterity that the surgeons need and the magicians need, uh, also communication. Uh, I learned languages, all the languages that I speak, you know, and I speak uh, German and French and uh, English, and uh, I learned 10 years Russian, but um, obviously uh, speak Hungarian. So I, 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 I used magic to communicate with, with people um, a lot, and that helped me to learn languages and also to... Uh, uh, to uh, talk to my patients and uh, um, develop a uh, a contact, uh, you know, uh, within a very short period of time, which, as you know, is very much needed during our uh, consultation and, and with our patients.
1: And also, so, it's about yeah. innovation and, and thinking out of the box. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And that helped me, you know, I, I, uh, the, the best Price I got was a a, a silver medal at the World Championship of Magic, which was for a a a magic trick that uh, I developed and uh, and um, nobody else could do it. So that's that's what the. uh, that's why they gave us the high price. So, you are right that um, innovation and invention um, is very important uh, in um, magic as well as in surgery, of
1: course. And, uh, you, you know, I said in the beginning that I modeled my kill uh, gathering and my career based on your all round ability to do everything from head to toe, as you have shown the path, why did you get into a, a particular niche, a specialty, um, and uh, uh, instead you continue to do uh, aortas, mesentrics, venous bypasses, uh, both arterial and venous and lymphatic? How did that happen, and uh, what are the lessons in there for future vascular surgeons who are training?
0: Well, that's a great question. You know,
1: I I
0: think uh, clearly the conditions where I was at uh, made it possible. Mayo Clinic is an amazing institution, and uh, and uh, you have. Uh, uh, all kind of patients. You just have to open up your uh, uh, practice and your interest. And if you say I'm going to see patients with lymphedema, you have patients with lymphedema. If I want to see patients with venous ulcers, you see patients with venous ulcers. So I had uh, a uh, absolutely fantastic uh, uh, position. Uh, as a Mayo Clinic vascular surgeon, because of the um, because the institution is uh, really a melting pot of simple cases and very complex, difficult uh, cases. You know, so uh, patients come to us from the surrounding uh, uh, eight states for routine care. But patients also come to us from around the world with rare diseases and rare conditions and they expect that somebody is going to uh, take care of them. And uh, I loved that position um, that I was able to uh, uh, provide care. Of course, as time went on and our profession Uh, really uh, was enriched by the endovascular techniques it became uh, quite obvious though that not everybody can do um, open toraco reconstructions complex endovascular aortic repairs and microsurgical lymphovenous anastomosis at the same time so um, uh, I, I have to say that uh, maybe our generation uh, uh, has been the last of the Mohicans that, that uh, covered uh, all aspects of vascular disease. And uh, probably very correctly, we are going to see uh, more and more surgeons who specialize to uh, uh, one or two areas uh, still uh, I believe that uh, a uh, all around vascular surgeon should deal with both arterial and venous diseases.
1: Can you uh, tell me uh, looks like you had a fantastic uh, life and fantastic career but I'm sure there would be some challenges on the road. So what were the biggest challenges that you have faced in the course of your career and how did you overcome them?
0: Each of us have challenges and i had uh, uh, several uh, challenges many challenges uh, maybe the uh, the most significant challenge in my life was the decision that uh, uh, i leave hungary uh, and uh, start uh, uh, practicing in the united states uh, and because it required practically a repeat Uh, of my uh, general surgery and vascular surgery training and almost uh, complete repetition. So uh, by the time I got to the staff of Mayo Clinic, I was 15 years out of medical school. So... uh, Uh, and I uh, completed two full general surgery residency and three vascular fellowships. So 15 years of training, I told the um, uh, chief resident, Rose, that Fifty, you know, it was wonderful to have fifteen years of training, but it was just about enough. I, I, I probably couldn't take another year. Or so you, you were uh,
1: probably uh, a, a professor while you were training itself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that was uh, uh, certainly uh, also one of my biggest joys in my life was when I uh, joined the Mayo Clinic. And I became a Mayo Clinic uh,
1: vascular surgeon. Um, You've been the president of Society for Vascular Surgery. Uh, what is the highlight of your tenure, and what is the what was your biggest takeaway from the experience of being the president of such an elite society?
0: Well, uh, it certainly was uh, the highlight of my uh, professional career, uh, being the president of your. Uh, Um, peers uh, is uh, the highest recognition that you can uh, get and uh, uh, it was uh, certainly uh, an uh, unbelievable uh, experience. Um, It is a um, a unique society, Uh, the um, uh, camaraderie and the uh, Uh, collaboration of the leaders was amazing, very high standards, Um,
1: having a journal that we all looked upon, you know, uh, the
0: Journal of Vascular Surgery like uh, the uh, number one academic journal that was the uh, um, uh, owned or that is owned by the society and um, uh, During the year when I was president, uh, I thought the the biggest accomplishment was to increase the international spirit of the Society for Vascular Surgery. We had uh, an amazing uh, increase of the international chapters. Of the SVS at that time, with uh, uh, the, the South American chapters, the European chapters, the uh, uh, joining the uh, uh, SVS uh, that year, uh, I felt uh, very good that I thought that I contributed to uh, build the society, uh, to become the not only the North American but the international uh, leader in vascular and endovascular surgery.
1: Uh, I attended your presidential address when you uh, were the president. I think it was in San Diego. You uh, you gave your presidential address, and uh, I no not San Diego, San Francisco. Um, and and yes. um, I as an international uh, vascular surgeon was very impressed that um in a time when uh, vascular surgeons were talking about uh cost effectiveness and talking about how much uh, they are earning in terms of uh, sustainability of their rvus etc you gave a talk uh, and that is that was what was most impressionable to me uh, talking about vascular surgery being all for the patient and uh um i i think that that was a great uh talk and great uh, message you passed on to the uh fellows and trainees who were, and young vascular surgeons uh, who were there um do do you think that that message has uh has gone uh very well in in uh, the uh united states trainees' minds and uh we are moving towards uh a more patient centric uh you know treatment protocols in uh and processes in the united states i think
0: so. Uh, It certainly uh, is uh, uh, a message that I got from my father, from my institution Um, and that has always been uh, uh, really the the concept at Mayo Clinic that uh, the patient, the interest of the patient is the only interest to be considered and that's why Uh, uh, you know, following one of the Mayo's uh, articles, I thought that uh, the uh, uh, the best title I can give to my thoughts, that uh, obviously was so influenced by the type of care um, I try to give to uh, every patient in my practice, that the, the Best uh, that, that we must provide the best care to um, uh, every patient every, every day, every time. Yeah, uh, and and uh, and uh, you know, I believe that uh, we are doing a lot for that. We are the societies are working in that regard by providing uh, uh, valuable evidence-based clinical practice guidelines. And uh, now we published uh, uh, just a couple of months ago the uh, the first uh, appropriate use criteria uh, for treatment of chronic venous disease because we believe that uh, As a society, we are responsible uh, not only uh, to speak up up against. inappropriate overuse of procedures, but we actually should also speak up for the patient and against uh, inappropriate underuse of uh, helpful procedures. So uh, I think we are going to see more and more of these appropriate use criteria that define the appropriate and necessary care of our patients and help practitioners use the guidelines, and use the appropriate use criteria to define the best care to the patient, even if there is no prospective randomized study available to support a uh, a procedure that is relatively new, but clearly effective. And especially in venous disease where we see so many uh, new techniques and uh, technology, I think this is very important that uh, we, the responsible leaders of our profession, uh, provide uh, guidelines to use the procedures appropriately, uh, even if there is uh, not enough uh, um, or not a a high level of evidence that's available to support the use of those procedures.
1: Um, Peter, um, recently there was a, a controversy of a JVS paper that stoked the Med Bikini protest. I know you have been one of the most ardent advocates of diversity, equality, and inclusion in the vascular surgery field. Um, How do you perceive the progress being made to support and encourage young women entering or thinking of entering the field, um, you know, right from the beginning of your career to now and uh, as the president of SBS and also following the controversy uh, of the paper and what difficulties or barriers remain?
0: Well, the um, the controversy that one of our articles that uh, we published and then uh, uh, rapidly retracted when it it caused a controversy um, was a um, um, you know a major issue and an eye opener to us as editors to our society and uh, uh, I believe to uh, all surgical journals, editors, or even editors in the uh, uh, medical field everywhere, uh, because there was such a reaction of the public uh, to uh, uh, an article that was published on uh, uh, potentially the unprofessional conduct of young vascular surgeons. Now clearly the We went back and uh, obviously we scrutinized uh, the publication of this paper, and the implicit bias that was uh, uh, so obvious uh, in this uh, uh, publication was clearly because of a lack of diversity, equity, inclusion, Uh, in the editorial system, in the peer review system, uh, and uh, in the entire publication process. Uh, This was a paper that was authored by six men and one uh, female surgeon. uh, The criteria were kind of um, used to make judgment on the young vascular surgeon by three men. The uh, uh, reviewers uh, uh, and uh, the, the commentary uh, also lacked diversity, it was obvious. So there, there were a, a, a lot of issues that ever since uh, the retraction became evident, and I think uh, Uh, What we have done is we uh, um, uh, did a root uh, cause analysis, we uh, determined, uh, I believe, what has to be done. We consulted with our society uh, at the regular intervals and um, as a result of that we made uh, already, and we are making a series of changes in our uh, editorial and uh, peer review process. And uh, just this week, um, uh, we announced uh, the uh, nomination of an associate uh, editor of the Journal of Vascular Surgery with a special focus on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We already um, announced uh, a, a significant increase um, of uh, women and underrepresented minorities on the editorial boards of each of the journals. Uh, we also um, uh, joined the call to action to all surgery journal editors for diversity in the editorial and peer review process, a, um, an article that was published by uh, Dr. Kibian and Freshlag in the JAMA that actually looked at 251 surgical journals and found that only 6.7% had female editors. So uh, uh, I think uh the changes that we have made in our uh, editorial system have been transforming and uh, uh, we are going to see further changes because we are going to create a, um, a, um, a diversity and uh, equity and inclusion in our system that matters uh, we are going to uh uh, have an active participation of uh, uh, women and underrepresented minorities in every area of the um, editorial and peer review process.
1: I also noticed that majority of the uh, women vascular surgeons uh, are below the age of 40 and above the age of 40 only a handful of uh, female vascular surgeons are there experienced enough to be able to uh, you know uh, be eminent enough to be on editorial boards and also ma- also the panels etc do you think there is a risk that we in 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 order to satisfy the uh, gender criteria, we may uh, have to recruit more younger people with with lesser experience, and uh, and that may not be the most ideal way to go forward.
0: Um, when uh, when we we select uh, women for uh, editorial board membership, we certainly. Uh Uh, are very uh, careful and we look at uh, marriage and not um, uh, not at uh, gender, but we certainly uh, you know we we have to be careful that we uh, um, select those who have uh, um, experience, uh, expertise and a a history of uh, um, reviewing uh, uh, papers, so uh, I am sure that uh, this is a this is a, a process that's going to be uh, um, much easier as the years go by because of the increasing number of women among the young vascular surgeons and trainees
1: oh i totally agree with you because uh i have uh, a lot of women uh, vascular surgery colleagues in uh, all over the world and they are doing excellent work even though they are younger uh, below 40 and they do deserve to be on the uh, panels and and uh, editorial boards and uh, i i think that uh, that's the way to go forward I hear you have a autobiography uh, released in Hungarian?
0: That is correct. The um, uh, Semmelweis University here was kind to me and they, uh, um, they asked a journalist to uh, put together a, uh, a book
1: about my life journey. And uh, um, originally it
0: was meant to be uh, um, uh, um, Published or, or, you know, uh, introduced in May, but because of the. Uh of the um, COVID COVID, uh, pandemic, you know, we are a a little bit behind. So although I have already pre-publication copies of the book, but it looks like we are going to wait uh, for the opportunity until I will be able to get physically to Hungary to uh, 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 make the official opening of the book. But uh, uh, it's certainly... uh, um, it has been a uh, wonderful recognition of my work and life uh, by the university that this year uh, celebrates its 250th anniversary.
1: And would a English version of it be forthcoming as well shortly? English version, we are working on it and I'm extremely
0: hopeful it's going to uh, come out, but we have to first come out with the Hungarian version. So uh, you have to talk to uh, uh, the um, uh, infectious disease experts and the pharmaceutical companies to uh, come out with uh, those vaccines uh, soon so uh, life can be normalized and uh, uh, we can have, then we will have the English version as well.
1: Uh, for my uh, Hungarian listeners, uh, uh, Peter's uh, biography is available. Uh, 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 it's, it is called Varas Gomb S. Zike, and uh, it's by Ko Andras. Did I get it right, uh, Peter? That's right, it's Kő András, okay. uh, uh, he is a wonderful writer and
0: author of 25 uh, previous books uh, on lives of uh, famous Hungarian uh, people, mostly those who uh, received the, um, the Olympic gold medals for Hungary, uh, and the title is Voraj Gömb és Siká, which is the uh, the Magic Ball and the Scalpel.
1: We look forward to that. Uh, You had such a checkered career and uh, you, although you have left Mayo, but you're far from retired. What do you want to achieve now and what motivates you? What motivates me
0: most uh, are my two grandchildren. Uh, One of them is Nicholas, the other one is Catherine just wonderful young people. Uh, My uh, grandson, my only grandson was born in June and I haven't had a chance to uh, see him yet. My daughter Julia lives in uh, New York State and we were not able to get there. Uh, I certainly um, feel myself as part of the, uh, uh, the Mayo Clinic community, and uh, I am an emeritus member, but active participants in the uh, uh, the conferences of the Mayo Clinic, and uh, uh, in the, uh, Rochester when I was there, and hopefully uh, uh, now I'm going to. Uh, Uh, participate uh, one way or another uh, here at Scottsdale as well. As you know, um, Mm -hmm. there is a Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale which belongs uh, pretty much uh, um, very close, uh, which is very close to uh, the uh, Rochester campus. And um, I am working very hard to uh, uh, make the Journal of Vascular Surgery the premier international vascular journal. And we have now four journals. uh, The uh, Journal of Vascular Surgery, the uh, Journal of Vascular Surgery, Venous and Lymphatic Disorders, the case report and innovative techniques and this year we started the JVS vascular science and um, for another two years I'm going to be the uh, the editor of the JVS journals together with my senior editor colleague uh, Peter Lawrence. So that certainly will uh, take up uh, a a lot of my time and I will work on the English edition of my
1: book. Great. It's been such a pleasure uh, listening to your uh, uh, thoughts on various aspects of your life and career and uh, your work. And thank you so much for uh, being with me and, uh, you know, sharing your uh, life with me. Thank you so much. It's been a real honor and pleasure. Thank you,
0: uh, uh, Ramash. It has been a real pleasure and I'm looking forward to to uh, see you uh, soon, not only uh, uh, at a Zoom meeting, but uh, personally at uh, the uh, annual meeting of the Society for Vascular Surgery or uh, the uh, American Venus Forum, um, two societies that we have been working together for so many years, uh, and uh, two societies that we cherish so much. Thank you very much for inviting me. And I truly appreciate the opportunity to uh, uh, share this uh, with you and and our listeners.
1: Thank you very much. This podcast was brought
0: to you by Radcliffe Vascular and is sponsored by Medtronic. To view the series, head to RadcliffeVascular.com forward slash vascular podcast. You can also find us on all well-known podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter at RadcliffeVascue. Thanks for listening.